0: Welcome to the Metamorphosis with Michelle podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Kessel. I'm an integrative health practitioner and certified brain rewiring coach. And on this podcast, I'm going to be diving deep into all things personal growth and development, brain rewiring, health and wellness, and spirituality. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm a Very excited about today's episode because it's on a topic that I really focus on with myself and all of my clients and that is inner child work. This conversation really dives into how to start working on building the relationship and healing the inner child. So If you're new to this type of work and you just keep hearing the word inner child and you're like, I'm not sure how to do this, this episode is perfect to get you started. So before we get deep into this conversation, I just want to make a quick little announcement about my latest offerings. So as this is the month of May, I now have four one-on-one private VIP client spots available. This is for those of you looking for high-level support on your bloating issues, emotional eating, anything with digestion or brain rewiring. So if you're interested in being a one-on-one VIP client, I invite you to book a complimentary breakthrough call to see if working together is a good fit. I will have the link for that in the show notes. And my signature group program, Free From Emotional Eating, will be launching again very shortly So if you want to be the first to know when that launches, I will also have the waitlist in the show notes. And if you're on the waitlist, you're going to get a bonus deal. So you want to get your name on there. So the link for everything will be in the show notes and chat with me on Instagram if you need further support. So now let's get into this amazing conversation with Jamie. Welcome to another episode of the Metamorphosis with Michelle podcast. I'm so excited to have a lovely guest today. Today on the show, I have Jamie Lindquist and she is an inner child coach. So I love this topic, and it's something that I so deeply believe in, is something that everyone should be aware of and really experience and understand the power of doing this type of work. So excited to have someone who is an expert on this topic to share her knowledge with us today. So I will let Jamie introduce herself and just give us a little bit of background on what you do.
1: Hi guys. It's so great to be here and it's great. Thank you, Michelle, for inviting me to be on here and sharing myself with you guys. Um, a little bit about me. So, yeah, I, I know some things about the inner child. <laughs> and um, I, I think what's really cool about it is it's almost become a trend these days. Like the inner child, inner child and healing your inner child. And it's become a trend, which is uh, amazing. And I think it's important that people understand what that really is. And healing your inner child is, and I know I'm supposed to be talking about myself right now, but since I'm just kind of flowing into it, uh, yeah, <laughs> healing your inner child um, isn't like necessarily going into your past traumas and reliving them and dealing with them because it sounds so heavy and really just doesn't sound enjoyable at all. Like who wants to do that, you know? <laughs> but the reality is is that the inner child is impacting every single one of our relationships it just is so it's very important that people do that work they get really curious about how the inner child is impacting their relationships and um, you know do the work to get connected to that inner child and in the way that I do this work it's it's really building a bond between the inner child and the inner parent so I kind of help people, nourish that bond and and just cultivate more love in their life which is really what I do um and the access to cultivating more love in people's life is by doing the inner child stuff so yeah um, so that's a little bit about inner child work and uh about me I guess I'll just say a little bit about me too
0: yeah please (laughs)
1: Um, well I just moved to Austin Texas about a month ago and I'm from San Diego so this past month I've been dealing with like you know grief missing my family a lot, missing my friends a lot. I had a brick and mortar business in San Diego for five years and it was very comfortable for me, but I, I missed that, the security that even though it was my own business, it was consistent and I never had to worry about money or advertisements or anything. And now I'm in a whole new game. I'm in a whole new game. And so anyway, this past month I've been dealing with that just to be super real with you guys, you know, like it's not all just, you know, butterflies and sweet peas. It's like, you know, I've been grieving. I've been feeling sad as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this Yeah, show, but- this
0: is, this is a, I don't know if it says explicit, but like now, you know, <laughs> I've definitely cussed. It's fine.
1: <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, I've been feeling sad. I've been feeling, like, regret and remorse and grief. Does that mean that I'm a sad person or that I'm, you know, not at all? I'm actually a very happy, traditionally positive person. But it's definitely what's been showing up for me this past month. Um, and I have a dog, and the dog loves it here. And it was my, my dog, my boyfriend and I, just decided to move here. So we did. And, you know, they're both loving it. And I love it in Austin, but I also miss San Diego.
0: So, that's a
1: yeah. oh, and I guess I'll talk about this. I've been coaching people since 2018 and I did that through a, um, a big company, one of the biggest, if not the biggest personal professional development company in the world, it's in 60 countries. And um, I was coaching for them since 2018. Um, and when COVID hit, all their programs went online. And I, they have a very masculine style of coaching. Very mm-hmm. kind of like, matter of fact, just be in action, traditional personal development stuff, you know, but I really thrive in kind of a balanced, including the feminine, the feelings and really working with them kind of approach. So that's when I really created my own kind of methodology and my own program. Um, And so that was during COVID last year. So this realm, this coaching journey that I've been on has been for about a year. Um, awesome. So, yeah, it's it's been very great. It's been very alive. To say yeah,
0: well. absolutely. So, what got you into working on the inner child specifically?
1: Yeah, it's a really really good question. I actually started out really wanting to help people build boundaries, create boundaries, stop being a people pleaser, and actually go after what the fuck they want. Because I traditionally uh, my my mom's Filipino, I grew up in an Asian household, and there, you do what you're told, you don't ask questions, you don't have curiosity, and you stay glued to your parents' hip at all times, and, you, and even at like family parties, or family, if I go, go to a family's house, and they're kind, and they say, hey, do you want something to eat, do you want something to drink, and me as a kid, I'm like, hell yeah, I, what do you have, you know, and my mom would literally pinch me, like, don't, Don't ask, don't say that because then they have to make you something. And I'd be like, well, that's the point. They asked. Right. There's a lot of people kind of in that world of, you know, just doing what you're told and not saying what there is to say. And that was the initial, that's how the coaching journey that I'm on started out, helping people break through that. But what I found is wait a second, there's some inner child stuff in there. That's really what this is. Whenever we have a challenge, setting a boundary or, you know, holding ourselves accountable to that boundary, asking for what we want, going out and getting what we want, any of it, it's really just the inner child. And so that's where we start. We start at the root We go back to the root, not to relive the trauma, not to, you know, tell me all about your traumatic event, not like that whatsoever. That stuff may come up, but that's not the intention of, you know, of what we're doing. So... I hope that answered
0: your question, I kind of rambled a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm curious, you started with more of the boundary work and you realize the root of the poor boundaries comes back to the inner child. So now when you work on inner child healing with someone, is it still focusing on those boundaries or have you kind of expanded to a broader topic?
1: Yeah. No, this, oh my gosh, this is so great because I'm always wanting to evolve and I'm always evolving my coaching curriculum and just really getting to the root of what do people need? How can I solve, help solve what people have problems with? And so, yeah, it is. So the actual problem that I solve with people is I help them create nourishing relationships in their life. Be it romantically, they create some real juicy, I mean, real juicy relationships. Um, Or if they just want to shift the dynamic in their family, they want to have better relationships with their parents, with their children, that's a big one, with their siblings, just more nourishing, fulfilling relationships. That's my thing right there. And the access to that is by doing the inner child work. So, and it's constantly evolving, you know, who knows, maybe three months from now, it could be like, it could evolve even more into, I help people have more sex, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it could evolve into, but, but that is the, the access to whatever it is that, that people want in their relationships is through the inner child work.
0: Yeah, I totally agree because in my coaching, although it's not tailored to relationships, it's like emotional eating and the bloating, I still find besides physical imbalances, the root cause is the inner child work as well. So that is also why I'm so passionate about this, but it's so fascinating because whether it's a physical health issue, an emotional eating issue, a relationship issue, even a money issue, the root cause is the inner child work. So when you do this work, you can kind of like kill 10 birds with one stone almost and solve a lot. Yeah, literally. It's, it's
1: amazing. I mean, and if we really look at that, like, we are who we are because of our past and because of our childhood and our upbringing. And, you know, that's pretty like standard knowledge, but what do we actually do with that? And you're so right. Inner child work is like the keys to the kingdom, to all kingdoms.
0: <laughs> right. So we keep saying inner child work and maybe there's someone listening to this who's like, what is inner child work? Like, I don't even get what that is. How would you yeah. describe it in layman's terms?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I kind of, Said a little bit about this in the beginning, but it's really creating that nourishing relationship between who you are and your little self, which a lot of the times is running the show. Somebody said, I don't remember where I heard this, but 75% of the time, you're and your inner child is running the show, whether you're conscious of it or not. <laughs> and um, and I don't disagree with that at all. You know, For example, let me share this with you. Last night, me and Taj... We were so hungry and he was pretty stoned and didn't want to go anywhere. And I was like, totally understand that. So I'm in the kitchen because I'm the woman and, you know, I'm I'm usually the one who cooks at home. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like making tuna, like to make tuna melts. And the entire time I'm like, I don't want to do this. But meanwhile, I'm pulling out all the spices, making it all, you know, delicious. But all the while, like, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. And then he comes out and he's like, what's going on? Like, cause he could tell, you know? And I'm like, I just don't want to do this right now. I don't want to make anything. And it was so my inner child. And it's hilarious because. I do this work all day. I literally teach people about this work and that doesn't mean that my inner child doesn't run the show from time to time. In fact, Mm -hmm. I let her have her voice and that I think is really what inner child work is, is letting the inner child have their voice, not trying to shove it down and be like, no, no, stop being whiny or stop complaining and just freaking do it or just figure it out. It's, it's not trying to jump in and, and be mean to them. It's really letting them have their voice and activating the inner parent. So after I was like, I don't want to do this, I stopped and I listened. Inner mama, inner mama Jamie was like, "I, I get it. And guess what? You don't have to. You don't have to do this right now. We can go get some food. We can get we can make something else, we can order delivery. There's so many things we can do. And and that's the other part of inner child work that I think is very important and often gets overlooked is activating the inner parent and creating that beautiful, beautiful bond between inner child and inner parent. Um so yeah, in a nutshell, I think that's what inner child work is.
0: Yeah, I love that you gave an example because. I think people just talk about it and people are like, I still don't get it. You know, it doesn't really seem so tangible if you're just like, you know, you just talk to your little girl self. So thanks for giving an example that people can totally relate to because I think we can all have a moment like that where a part of us is whining and then the other part of us is like, oh, just get it done. Like stop complaining. And we're having this internal battle and not understanding that it's like our inner child speaking out loud.
1: Right. Yeah, that's exactly it, and and what you said is absolute gold, because it's the awareness of when your inner child is running the show. That's, like, that right there in itself is, like, the key to the kingdom, just having a simple awareness of who's saying what, you know, who who's running the show right now, who's driving the car right now, is it inner child, is it inner mama, or inner dada, <laughs> dada, <laughs> or inner, you know, drill sergeant, Taj, Taj has, my boyfriend, he calls his you know, person who's like, just get it done, dude, come on, like figure it out and is very rigorous, calls that guy his inner drill sergeant. And I really like that kind of label for that. Yeah,
0: I know. I mean, I call it like my inner bitch. So
1: yeah, inner <laughs> bitch. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Crash. Labels are fun <laughs> sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it just kind of makes it tangible. Like what you said. Makes exactly. It, you know, palatable and Yeah. So
0: if someone's like, okay, now I'm understanding what this is, what would you say the first kind of few steps they could take to get started on connecting with their inner child would be?
1: You ask the best questions. (laughs) Thank you. If you're ever on a podcast, have it be Michelle's and pray that whoever's interviewing you if it isn't Michelle, it's just like Michelle. Oh my God, you're <laughs> the sweetest. that's <laughs> the truth. I'm, I'm just speaking. Appreciate
0: that. the live rating and review. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so one of the first things I think, and it can be challenging to tap into the inner child if you've never done it before. So have a photo. Have a photo of little you that's around seven years old or younger. And the reason we, the reason we, why that's a juicy Uh, age is because around that time, traditionally, we come into the more 3D realm at around seven or eight. We be more realistic. We be more independent and more here in our, you know, this world. But before that, that's when we're most imaginative, imaginative, we're most psychic, we're most intuitive, and we just really know things and we're so trusting. And so that is the that is who we wanna get in touch with, that child right then and there, age seven or earlier. So find a photo of you at age seven or younger and really connect with that person in that photo. Like, I mean, observe everything the photo. Where is, the, for example, I mean, I, I was gonna show mine, but in, in this photo that I keep on my desk, it's me at six years old, sitting on my bed and I've got my Hello Kitty sheets and I have my Shrek poster in the background and I have a canopy bed (laughs) and um, I'm just so like happy and shy and if you really look into the eyes of the child in that photo, there is so much that can be unraveled, especially if you're an intuitive person or you're an empath, light work, whatever word you like. Um, There's so much there if you look through the lens of who we are now. And so um, I'd say that's the first step. Just find a photo, get connected to that little one. If you don't have a photo of that little one, bring yourself back to a time when you were around that age. And when you try to do this, there may be memories that come up that are not very pleasant. You know, if I think back to, okay, where was I at around seven or younger? The first memory that comes up is not a good one at all. I'm terrified in this memory that I think of. And that's okay. If that's all you can think of, that's okay. Be with that memory and see if you can find one that is happy or that is quote unquote positive positive. and see that little girl or little boy or little, however you identify as um, just this so cute and so fun and so playful little being and just see them for who they are. Um, I'd say that's the first step. Just get connected to them. Yeah. And then from there, the possibilities are endless. There's so many exercises you can do. I don't want to go on and on and on about this because clearly I can, but I'll share one thing that you can do that I think is potent. I think amazing. people
0: like the details and the specifics.
1: Okay good. okay, good. So one thing that you could do that's very potent and, and anybody could do this is if you pull out a piece of paper and if you meditate, get into meditation, get into your body, really focus on your breath, whatever kind of meditation you like. And with your right hand on this piece of paper, write a question to your inner child, write a question. With your left hand, non-dominant hand, and it's good if you have a picture of you, literally little you around, so you can really get present to that being. With your left hand or non-dominant hand, answer the question and really let yourself go there as if you're speaking through the, the hands, the eyes, the lens of little you and be authentic and raw a lot of the times if it's your first time connecting with your inner child it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies because reality is we're assholes to our inner child especially when we're not conscious of this little person running the show most of the time we're like oh stop being so whiny or why are you being like that and oh my god you're so annoying and all these things, right? Yeah. You look so ugly. Oh my gosh, put some lipstick on or Oh my God, you need to, you know, all these things were actually talking to little us. It's really me. And little us will internalize that. And so the first time that we connect with them on paper or whatever it is, they might not want to really talk to us. They might say things like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm so, I'm so angry. I'm so mad at you. And you're so scary, and why are you so mean to me? It, all of this stuff might actually come up, and it does. Last night, I led this workshop having people draw with their inner child, which is a very powerful exercise to do as well. And one of the girls shared that when she hugged her inner child in the meditation, her inner child was pushing her away, like didn't want anything to do with her. And it's yeah. very important that we let ourselves go there. So we don't psych ourselves out with the mind of, oh, inner child is so excited to see me and they love me so much because it's not always going to be that way. In fact, in the beginning, it's probably not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of went on for a while there, but, but that's something you can do. Using your non-dominant hand is a brilliant way to get connected to your inner child. It's great to get into meditation beforehand. I'm thinking about I've actually recorded some of these inner child meditations and wanted to put them on YouTube. I just haven't done it yet. So maybe by the time that this is released, those will be on YouTube. And uh... yeah, if you
0: have links, I can put them in the show notes. So we'll figure that out.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. But that's a great way to do it is using your non-dominant hand. Another really good thing to do is to with your hand on your heart, imagine little you eyes closed and ask, little you, what they need.
0: Yeah. I always tell my clients to do this yes. one.
1: It's so useful and, and have the willingness to listen, to not jump in and be like, what do you need? Oh, I need um, 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 fried chicken or whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't know where fried chicken came from, but, <laughs> but to not jump in and try to answer for the inner child, actually give them all the space they need to answer it might take a few minutes for all we know, but it's important that we're willing to listen. And I love that you ask your clients that is such a juicy question. It's right? like a great question of inner child.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So once you're connected with them and you kind of ask those questions, you follow along with what they want to do, what would kind of be like the next step? Is it going into reparenting or is there something in between?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, I think it is then creating that relationship between inner child and inner parent. So, and reparenting is a slippery slope because like at least that word, because a lot of kids who are, or a lot of people who are wanting to do inner child work already parented themselves growing up, you know, maybe their parents were absent in some kind of capacity, worked a lot or whatever. Um, they already had to parent themselves at a young age. So reparenting is a, is a kind of slippery slope. So I like to say to build a beautiful, nurturing relationship between the inner child and the inner parent. That's always there. Um, and know that it might not be that same voice that showed up when we were eight years old trying to parent ourselves. It's, you know, know that that voice was still the inner child at that age, and be willing to listen for the compassionate, nurturing voice that we always wanted as kids. Um, And so that's kind of the same thing, listening, waiting to listen for that nurturer. And if somebody who's listening is very spiritual, you can put this into the perspective of Um, Sorry, I don't know why Siri just started recording my voice, but Uh put this into the perspective of what, how would love respond or how would God respond or how would Pachamama respond or how would, you know, the universe respond or source respond, whatever word you like that brings you that soothing, nurturing, being held experience. If you're having a challenge tuning into your inner parent, use that. Use whatever's going to bring you that nurturing, that genuine, compassionate, I got you and I got us and I'm never going to leave you. I promise you will never be alone. Whoever, whatever kind of being is going to bring you that experience um, is what there is to use as the next step in in, in inner child work.
0: Yeah, I love that. So how does... Like, of course, it shows up in relationships, but how are the most, I guess, common themes, if there are any, that you see with, like, doing this work and building relationships? Well,
1: again, you asked the most brilliant question. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is probably one of the best podcasts i ever had. Woo! <laughs> so... I'll just use my own experience as an example, because I think that makes it tangible and relatable. So with me and Taj, with my boyfriend, um, I know my inner child is running the show, for example, last night in that just very recent story that I, that I shared. Um, anytime that I'm feeling like, for example, if I'm like, hey, do you want to go with me to Target? And he's like, I've got things to do. I, I can't go to Target right now. And honestly, it doesn't sound very pleasurable to me. And my inner child might come in and be like, you never want to go with me places. I'm always all by myself. And, and you don't love me. And I'm all alone. And I'm always having to do things all by myself. <laughs> and it seems like such a silly thing but if we give the inner child his or her voice that's probably what they would say whatever mm-hmm. in whatever you know context that someone is is in whatever example someone is in and so then from there i know that's my inner child and then inner mama will come up because it's important to remember we're sovereign beings it's it's very unfair to depend on our partner or even our mothers or our fathers it's very at the age that we are now as adults, it's right. very unfair to, um, to, uh, depend on them to give us this feeling of being loved or being important or being cared for. It's actually very unfair because if we have this expectation of them. It'll never get met. Anytime we have an expectation, a big expectation, we're always going to be looking for ways that it's not being met. It's just what the brain does. It's the world of expectation and attachment. So um, it's important to be grounded in the fact that we are sovereign beings and to be connected to source, to God, to the universe, to Pachamama, whatever word people like, very important to have that connection, to remind us that we are never alone, ever, that when I'm going to Target, I'm not by myself. My inner child is not by herself. She's got inner Mama Jamie going with her. She's got God going with her. She's got universe going with her. She's got, I believe in all these, right? Yeah, (laughs) spirit team. (laughs) Yes, she's got her guides. She's got her ancestors. She's got all of it. Literally, more people than can fit in the car are going with her. Yeah. When she remembers that, when I am responsible as the inner parent to remind her of that, she can be at ease. And then it could be fun. Like, oh. going to target right now this is so fun it doesn't ever have to be this experience of being alone or not being loved or not being safe and I'll just I I talk about this pretty often on my Instagram but I think it's very important to highlight that the two main things that the inner child needs is to be loved to know that they're loved and to know that they're safe Mm -hmm. two foundational things because you can have one without the other I like to use this example of like a pimp If I'm like, you know, I don't want to use the word a hoe, but if I'm like, you know, doing my thing and I have my pimp, that makes me feel safe, but it doesn't make me feel loved. I just know that, you know, I'm safe around him. You can have, you know, vice versa. Uh, With my dad growing up, I knew that he loved me, but it didn't feel safe around him. So you can have one without the other, but, but to have both is very important for the inner child. Yeah, absolutely. the divine responsibility of the inner parent to remind the inner child of that until they know it. So every cell in their body knows it, and it's an ongoing journey. You know, right? So like you do inner child work once, or you connect with your inner child once, that all of a sudden they like know for sure. As as that, they know the sky is blue. They know that they're safe and they're loved. It yeah, work that way. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Do you recommend connecting daily, weekly, as as needed?
1: That's a good question. I've actually never thought about that. I think using your intuition. We're all we all have the power of discernment, and I believe every human being naturally is very intuitive. Sometimes it just takes some allowing the intuition to come. Totally. To um. But use your intuition and know that you've got such a great powerful responsible inner parent as you have such a sweet loving and fun and cute inner child and you everybody has both of those it's just a matter of cultivating the relationship between the two and you know cultivating more love around you and the people in your life
0: yeah absolutely I love that what is there like anything you recommend specifically for those feelings of love and safety or just kind of having those internal dialogues?
1: Well, some, here's something that I do. So if, if I'm feeling alone or sad or anything, I will go into nature and I'll barefoot put my feet in the ground, get grounded. I think this is pretty simple practice. But this immediately gives me the experience of feeling loved and feeling safe and feeling held. So that's a very simple practice that anybody could do. Um, You know, whatever your spiritual practices or whatever your beliefs are, to get connected to the higher power that you believe in. And this is very important. I think if somebody doesn't believe in and doesn't like the word God, doesn't like the word you know universe or doesn't subscribe to any religion, totally fine. Um, everybody believes in love. Everybody, love can be the higher power. You know, God equals love anyway. So I like to use that as a way for people to get connected to that spirituality or that experience of being held, you know, being really cared for is just allow love to love you. It's much, it's much easier than, you know, our brains might make it. It's really just inner child work, self-love, these things really just allowing love to love us. Yeah. So it's, it's as simple as that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> it's yeah, so true. It.
1: Like if, if I say I, I'm allowing love to love me immediately, right then and there, I'm feeling loved and feeling held and feeling safe. And we can even think it. I love, You know, I was saying it, but I'm thinking it. I allow love to love you. It just happens. It's, it's available literally with one thought, that feeling of love and feeling of being safe.
0: Yeah, amazing. When you're working with your clients and coaching them on the inner child, do you find that people have similar inner child wounds?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> At least some the clients that I seem to attract, they seem to have, I'm, I'm working on creating inner child archetypes because there's different, you know, for example, my inner child is pretty different than Tanya's. Mm-hmm. Mine was a scared, shy person who felt like the world was very scary, but there was a shift with that. And that happened when I was six years old. You know, when I was six years old, the mom got remarried. And um, my stepdad moved in with his two sons. One of them was ten years older than I was, so he was sixteen. The other one was three years older, so he was nine. And there was one day. This is maybe just a couple weeks after they moved in. And I'm downstairs doing my thing, playing with my Polly Pockets, probably. And my I hear all this noise coming from upstairs. And there's yelling, and there's banging on the walls, and there's just a lot of noise. And I'm curious, because I've never heard anything like this before. So with my low feet, I start walking upstairs, step by step, and, and I see my oldest stepbrother physically fighting with my stepdad, and they're punching each other, they're choking each other, there's holes in the walls, they're throwing glass at each other. There's a lot going on. And I see my mom crying, yelling, stop, stop. And they're not stopping. They keep going. And my other two brothers were just kind of there in the corner watching what's happening. And I'm freaking terrified. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this, not even on TV. And so I make the decision that the world is scary, that people are scary. I'm not safe. And I just need to stay away and hide and keep to myself. So I go back downstairs and hide under my bed until you know an hour later my mom came and found me. But this is a this ex- specific experience that I've had, you know, is it's specific, but everybody has some kind of decisions that they made when they were young children along the lines of. I'm not safe. I'm Mm -hmm. not loved. Nobody cares about me. I'm all alone. These different, um, you know, decisions that we make up that start to run the show and, and that inner child, uh, in those beliefs starts to run the show. Um, so those are, they're all kind of in that same world, you know, those contacts that I just said. Um, and it's just a matter of, going back to those moments not with the intention of reliving the trauma not with that intention at all but going back to those moments as who we are now and going to that child loving on them like freaking crazy and reminding them that i'm here with you i will never leave you and i promise that with me you will always be safe Having them really feel that and being there with them in that scenario until they really get it, until they really feel your love and that with you, they're safe. Um, And, you know, that's kind of a, that's an exercise that I do in, in my program, but it's something that anybody can do. It really is. You don't have to, you know, be a special person to go and do the exercise, or facilitate the exercise and just keep in mind. The intention of doing it is not to rule trauma. It's a very heavy, it can feel like a very heavy exercise to do. So, you know, it's nice to have it in a, in a safe container. But but to answer your question, <laughs> those are some of the common um, things that I see show up with the inner child is I'm not safe, I'm not loved, I'm not lovable, nobody cares about me, all alone. These uh, kinds of contexts.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think something that I always like to tell people is it doesn't necessarily have to be a heavy trauma. It could be something like you were just told like you say, "Oh, I'm really cold," and your parents like it's seven degrees, it's hot out, but you're like want a jacket and you're like then yeah. being like, "Oh, my experience isn't true."
1: Totally. Exactly true. Trauma, children Take everything personally. It's inevitable. You can be the most perfect parent in the world and say, and just like what you said and what the human body will do at that age because we're so sensitive and we're such little cute sponges, we internalize it and make it mean stuff. We make it mean these things like, oh, my parents don't care about me. Can't they see I'm cold? And I'm going to die from being so cold or whatever the, the child brain will create. You know? Yeah. So what you said is is just so, so, so good that the nervous system will store anything, not anything, but will store these very simple things as trauma, It's just what the nervous system will do at that age.
0: Right. Yeah. Because I mean, your example is super powerful and thank you for sharing it. But like, I know I talked to some people and they're like, well, I had a perfect childhood. So that's why I like to bring up something that's like in a perfect childhood, you would still experience.
1: Right. Taj, for example, he had a really great child that never experienced you know like abuse or or anything like that. his parents were high school sweethearts and, is, and are still very much together and in love but there was a time where and, and i don't think he'll mind me sharing this there was a time when he was um seven and he wanted to play football and his mom said you're too soft to play football and he made that mean that like what I'm not too soft to play football. I'm going to be like this, like you, you, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me who I am. And I'm going to be like the hardest, most tough kind of person. And I might be butchering that a little bit. Right. Telling that story. But you know, this is what the the nervous system will do. And it's not like his mom said anything, you know, outrageously quote unquote mean. Right. But what the child will do is take things very personally everything is about the kid they make everything about them it's their job their job it's so everything's about me so that includes taking everything personally
0: <laughs> right right so in these instances that may not seem like big tea traumas I call them like the little tea traumas um do you because those like I feel like are harder to acknowledge and find because you're like okay yeah I'm sure that happened but how do I remember those moments do you have kind of like tips for figuring out what those could be and how to go about that
1: yeah i think that if we don't remember them that we don't have to remember them because reality is whether we we remember these incidences or not that inner child runs the show regardless yeah so we can use any example i can use something that happened, uh, I was gonna say last night with this tuna melt thing, but I my inner parent already stepped in and nurtured that inner child, but let's say I didn't. Let's say right now I'm just diving into inner child work and I'm wanting to do some of this work and I don't remember those experiences as a kid, but I do remember that last night I was trying to make these tuna melts and that little girl was just like, I don't wanna do this. I can now go back to that moment from last night as inner mama and, and say those things of like, you don't have to do anything. And if you're ever feeling like there's something you don't want to do, I want you to feel safe enough to tell me that you are safe enough to tell me. I promise I won't judge you and I won't be upset at you. I promise. The inner child loves promises. So I invite whoever's listening to make a promise to your inner child the next time you need them. They will hold you accountable like crazy. If you make a promise, it's very important that you keep your word to it too. But it's a great way to stay accountable to things, to not let your inner child down. I I really like that. Yeah. And I don't like to use let your inner child down because, you know, but you know what I mean? It's important that that you keep your promises to your inner child. Yeah, of (laughs) course.
0: Otherwise, you're just going to be running in circles without actually healing any wounds.
1: Exactly. It's going to be more or less of the same of, mistrust between you and your inner child
0: yeah absolutely so when you're kind of doing that reparenting in the moment like let's say it's the same tuna example and you're like I don't want to do this and then your parents okay you don't have to do you actually then like stop doing it
1: you mean like last night
0: yeah or something similar
1: yes so so my inner parent said like you don't have to do this we can get something. We can go to the drive-through somewhere. We can order delivery. Coming through with solutions. Mm-hmm. And you know, so what ended up happening is Taj took over and you know made us the dinner, um, which I am grateful for. If Taj wasn't there, you know. Then we, I would have gone to the drive-through or ordered delivery or you know what from there because my inner parent was present and was responsible and came through with solutions. Um, there's something i was just going to say about that and totally just totally lost my train of thought <laughs> no <laughs> oh, worries oh here right here it is thank you so um <laughs> there's a fine line between listening to the inner child and like letting it take over completely
0: yeah
1: Space so to the inner for example I was talking to one of my clients about this and she's like, well, my inner child just wants to quit my job and just like, you know, run around in the woods. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, wonderful, you know? And like, if we activate the inner parent, we hold space for the inner child to express that, let them know that that's valid and it's totally okay to feel that way. And we're not going to do that. And I got us as inner parents, their job is to say, I got us. I know you're frustrated. And I know you don't want to do it and you don't have to. I'll do that part. I'll do the responsible stuff. You can just hang out in the back seat. if You want to, we've got toys back there. You can walk, you know, actually creating within you that the inner child doesn't have to be present for everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like inner child, little Jamie, you don't want to go do this work with me. That's okay. You go play. I'll go do this responsible adulty stuff. And I'll come Mm. get you when I'm done. I like that. And even during sex, for example, inner child probably isn't going to want to be having sex. So if (laughs) I feel that my inner child is really, you know, alive, for example, yesterday I did this workshop. So my inner child was very much present. And afterwards I was also horny and wanted to have sex with Taj. And so I told my inner child, like, you know, you don't have to be here for this. We're going to have sex. You don't have to be here for this you go do your thing and go have fun i'll take it from here right and that way there's still that trust there's open communication there's trust and that relationship is still being nurtured so you know she got to play and so did i
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that example so much because yeah when you were saying the food thing i like i was like oh my god i feel like i have so many moments where i'm like Oh, I had a long day. I don't want to cook. And it's like me, like my inner child, being like, I just want someone to take care of me. Cause that's yes. literally what I think. I'm like, I wish I just had someone to like cook it for me. And then I'll like yes. be like, should I order food? I'm like, but I don't want to spend money. And then like part of me will be like, just do it. Just go cook the food. <laughs>
1: yes, I know. Right. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all Um, of being like, okay, let's just go cook food sometimes it's what it takes to get the shit done right (laughs) nothing wrong with that at all because half
0: the debates I'm like I'm just getting hungrier
1: (laughs) yes I know right and then if we order delivery we have to wait yeah and then we have so many ingredients here we might as well just make something yeah spending money on food I get it girl it's a daily thing for us in our household
0: (laughs) yeah so I love the example of like that can happen and I can just be like it's okay, inner child, like, you don't have to come cook with me, like, you'll be fed, let me do this job, and, like, exactly. kind of, like, get into my more adult or, like, even masculine yes. energy.
1: Yes, it's very powerful to do it that way, to put it into perspective, because then you like, at least my experience is immediate ease, immediate, like, freedom, and it's a win-win. It doesn't feel like I'm compromising with myself and being like, okay, come on, let's just do this, Because it just doesn't feel good. There gets to be a win-win. My inner child gets to just relax and be fed and be catered to. And me, I can take on like, okay, this is just what there is to do. And I can do it with fun and play and ease.
0: Yeah, this really reminds me of like masculine and feminine energy. I feel like the parents almost like the masculine, like, okay, like I'll just do it. And then the child's like the feminine, like, I just want to be like held and taken care of.
1: Yeah, it is very similar, actually. It's very similar. One little tiny, like, difference, at least that I've noticed, because I've looked at this, you know, it, it is very similar, mm-hmm. is that the, the nurturer, at least my inner mama, is very feminine, kind of like the earth. Um, and so, you know, she's very nurturing and, and soothing and will do things like sing to me and, you know, still flow. She's not like structured or, and not to say that the masculine is rough or, or rigorous or like angsty. Um, But at least from what I understand and and my experience of masculine energy is it's, is it's um, kind of wide and holds space while the feminine can just kind of flow through and be wild and the masculine is more grounded um how Taj likes to say that I'm very uh he's like the the anchor like the one and I'm the like the waves and the ocean yeah my
0: um I've heard this in like business mentorships like saying something similar where like your business it's like the masculine side of it is kind of like river bank and then like the business and the feminine is like the river something like that i'm butchering it but it yeah, was similar yeah. to what you're saying yeah
1: and it feels right like being in you know getting present to that dynamic um but in terms of inner child work it's very similar feminine dynamics yeah
0: yeah i know because i feel like it kind of just like clicked for me like something there so i was like oh i'm like i love when i can learn when i do yes. podcasts too
1: Yeah, totally. And I learn also as I'm, you know, I'm, yes, I like know a lot about inner child work and how it works and everything, but I'm always learning still, you know, I'm, I'm, I will never be like, I know everything there is to know about inner child work. Right. Ever. That'd be so inauthentic.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I believe that's with any field or, I don't know, area of expertise, because there's always more to learn. And yeah, I think like we're all students of life. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm.
0: no one's ever done.
1: <laughs> yes, that is for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome. So what is kind of like the biggest takeaway you would give to someone looking to get started on an inner child healing journey?
1: The biggest takeaway that I that I would like for someone to have, who's looking to get into, this is a good question. Um, I would say be willing to tap in and be willing to face things that you might not want to face. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're willing, then it could be time for you to really dive in and cultivate that amazing relationship with the you.
0: Yeah, totally. I know I was resistant at first because... Of course, my ego is like, number one, being like, you have no problems. But then like, number two, it was like, but what if there are a lot?
1: <laughs> I know, right? And the thing is, is with inner child work, you don't actually have to, you know, go to any of these memories because that inner child is with you all the time. For example, I could use what happened last night as uh, the quote unquote trauma that I went right? back in and healed if I didn't remember any of my childhood right? I also don't like to use the word trauma because it's so heavy. Right. I know. I
0: want to think of another kind of wording, almost just like trapped energy, I think is a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that trapped energy because it's yeah. And and I, inner child work isn't really, at least in the way that I do it, I don't like it to be healing trauma because at the end of the day, the only person who could heal you is that's you and God. Yeah,
0: exactly. But giving the tools to work work on the inner child, I believe is like giving someone like the tools to work on themselves. You just facilitate it.
1: Very, very much. Yeah. I mean, and there are some pretty juicy tools in my, in my toolbox that I give my clients. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like inner child work, there's so much heaviness around it but you can also do so many fun things like yes. dancing and singing and drawing. Like those are all activities your inner child probably wants to do with you.
1: Totally. Exactly. And let, this is something that I do in my, in my program is ecstatic dance. Spending I love that. that child just room to dance room to play room to move their body around, you no know, right or wrong way to do it. Um, and if, for anybody listening who wants to find ways to incorporate your inner child in their day-to-day, invite your inner child to come with you. For example, if I'm going to be doing some work on my business or revamping my website or whatever, I'll invite my inner child to come along. Hey, do you want to come with me to go do this? It could be fun to do it together and just see what they say. And then what that does is if they do come along, it makes the experience more enjoyable, more fun, more playful, and you get that extra creativity on your side.
0: That's a really good point. I like that too. (laughs) Awesome. So where can everyone learn more from you, connect with you, learn all about the juicy stuff you've shared?
1: Well, people can get in touch with me best on Instagram. I think that's where I'm most on. That's where I'm most active. Um, And then from there, you can look at my stuff. And I just co-authored a book. Um, if somebody wants to do a little bit of inner child work on their own, um, they can order the book on my website and I think we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm working on another co-author project. Is anybody listening in the spiritual realm or the name of the book is the Sacred Feminine a Collection of Insights from the Higher Self, if anybody wants to, um, have a platform to amplify their voice, spread their wisdom with the world and, and what they do specifically, um, we have about, 14 more openings so a container of 20 women is what we're doing and so um that's available and in that book i'll also be talking about the inner child specifically in relationships so that's why you could get in touch with me
0: <laughs> i love it yeah all of that info will be highlighted for everyone and i'm sure people will love to connect and just learn more
1: awesome thanks everyone for listening and thanks michelle for having me on
0: Yes, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and giving everyone some tools to connect with their inner child.